It's that time. Everything and anything basketball. Presented by The Outrage. With Cajun Thierry Castle and host Spencer Byers. This is Polar Opposites. Welcome everyone. Polar Opposites back again. Regularly scheduled programming. Finally getting back to some normalcy. Here on the Outrage Inc., Spencer Byers, Cajun Theru, Thinny Castleham. Alongside me, Cajun, we're back. Nice to be back. Nice to be back on our regularly scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. And as it is All-Star break, it is the All-Star, I'll say, weekend. I guess technically it's still the weekend, just ending the weekend. The All-Star game is over. One or two eleven to one eighty-six. East All-Stars beat the West All-Stars. Lillard, with a 39-point performance, gets the All-Star MVP. But, Cage, that isn't really the story. The story isn't that it was the highest-scoring All-Star game ever. It's not that that the, the, the East All-Stars set the record for most points scored ever. It's not that the game had the most points ever. It's not that, you know, it wasn't any individual performance. Carl Anthony Towns, who somehow got on the floor, had 50 points on, like, 85 attempts. You know, it's not nothing to do with any any of that. It's got to do with the weekend being rather lackluster, you know, to say it politely. Cage and I didn't watch it. I openly don't like All-Star games or Pro Bowl or, or any of it. I think it's all hogwash and garbage. You, I believe, watched some of it. So, Cage, what did you make of the NBA All-Star weekend that would, is now just concluded? I would have been better off sleeping. Which I technically was, by the way. Oh, fair enough. You, you, you did you, you did yourself a favor. You saved yourself. I should have I should have followed DJ Khaled's advice and not played myself. Just just would have just should have like placed the over on the All Star game, which I did, by the way. That was a high IQ call. And just fall asleep and call it a day. Like the skills contest, honestly, didn't even watch it. Pacers did one, by the way. Pacers, the home team, the the hometown Pacers of Halliburton, Matherin, and Turner won the skills comp. So shout out to the Pacers. Three point contest, obviously. But the three-point contest is always competitive, so. But Lillard won that. Lillard two-peated his uh, three-point crown. He's now a two-time reigning defending three-point champ. Curry wasn't in it. He obviously had his own event, uh, which I know you watched. But um, So Lillard doubled up on his three-point award. And... You mentioned uh, you mentioned Wardell Stephen Curry Jr. going up against Sabrina Unescu, which to me was the highlight of Saturday. Yeah, I, you know you have it here in the doc about you know NBA All Star Weekend. What was the highlight? I didn't watch it. I watched the 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 replay of it basically on the score. It was Sabrina versus Steph. Like it that was that was the highlight. It was Sabrina Unescu shooting a guy's. I'm pretty sure a guy's ball. But it may have been women's ball, regardless. I think shooting was, a basketball I think it was from a behind, ball, but she was at the men's line. Yeah, she was shooting from the men's three-point line. She wasn't even shooting from the women's three-point line, which is closer than the men's. She was shooting from the men's three-point line, 
And I mean, in all fairness to her, who again has now played bas like WNBA basketball in f- three four months. You know, like their season ended midsummer or end mm-hmm. of summer. You know, so we're now in February. Her season's coming cl- like coming close to starting in the WNBA, right? So she's yep. been off, you know, and she made Curry work for it. It wasn't easy for the greatest three point shooter ever. The way she started, she didn't. And well, but the way she started, I'm like, oh boy, Steph. And this is the, and this might not, and this ain't a cakewalk for you. I'm like, I'm like, you know, she, I know Steph Curry's the greatest shooter of all time, but when I saw Serena start yakking it up in that first rack, and I'm like, yeah, Steph might be getting a little nervous. He's sweating a bit. That was the highlight, and then the gun contest was just a wash. Yeah, we're not even going to talk about the gun contest. Um, it was a joke. Mac McClung repeated as now a two-time reigning defending dunk champ. It's a joke. The event should be scrapped. It was cool. It had its purpose. It doesn't anymore. It No one cares. You don't have the best dunkers in it. And even in even when you did, you pissed him off. Like poor Aaron Gordon, who somehow never got one. So, you know, we don't need to talk about it, Cage. To be completely honest, because it was just a waste of an event. And that's yeah. no offense to Mac McClung, who's now a two-time reigning champ, as I just said. But it, it was it was garbage. It was garbage. Yeah, and that that attempt by Jalen Brown, bruh. I don't want to hear that. He got in the final. I don't want to hear that. Like, Kate, I don't want to hear that, okay? When he what? made the final, I don't want to hear that. What was that? Cage, I didn't watch it, okay? I didn't watch it. I literally saw the replay of each dunk, kind of, and heard the people complaining about the scores. That, again, doesn't matter because who cares? The dunk contest sucked. And that's, again, no offense to Mac McClung, who was obviously the best one there, and that's even as a Jalen Brown fan, but it was a joke. It was a joke. And not a uh, funny one, might I add. Not a funny one. It was a joke indeed. Like, man. And then All-Star Game. And then the All-Star Game just in general. Basically, glor- a glorified LA Fitness run. No defense. Cage. Just to... Okay. So the game wasn't any longer than a regular NBA basketball game, which is, you know, four quarters, 15-minute quarters. 12. No, 12-minute quarters. Pardon me. 15-minute quarters is football. 12-minute quarters. 48 minutes. They played 48 minutes of basketball. For example, the Warriors and the Jazz in the last game before the All-Star break, 140-137 win for the Golden State Warriors to put them into the 10th play-in spot, or the in, keep them in the 10th play-in spot in the mm-hmm. Western Conference. The Warriors shot 92 times. The Utah Jazz shot 93 times. Okay? Just, just, for, just for knowledge. The Warriors shot 92 total shots, and the Utah Jazz shot 93 total shots in a 140-137 game. In a... 211 to 186 game. The West All-Star shot the ball 143 times. The East shot 146 times. And Cage, I thought the three-pointers were lower. 
I'm going to give you those too. So the Golden State Warriors, who shoot the most threes by, by any team, ironically, the Jazz outshot them on that night. So back to that night between Golden State and Utah. The Warriors shot 42 behind the arc, Utah 49. So of the 92 shots the Warriors took, 42 were behind the arc, which means 50 shots were taken inside the arc. Okay, keep that in mind. Utah shot 49 times from outside the arc, 93 shots total. So that is well less than that total. I believe that is like 44 attempts inside the arc. Okay? Which, exactly, regardless. Okay, so back to the All-Star game. The Western All-Stars, who shot 143 times, shot 71 three-pointers. That's like 50%. Uh, and, and you know what? And you know what? And you know what? Let me interrupt you. That was paltry. Because... Compared to the Eastern Conference, who, before you give away my lead, you insert swear word here. Well, I was trying to not say it, but couldn't think of a word to call you, so insert swear word here works. Of the 146 that the East shot, the East shot 93 three pointers. They were three away from a hundred three pointers in one game. That's twenty five a quarter, just about. If it was a hundred, it would have been twenty three about twenty five three pointers per quarter. Mm. So they shot well into like seventy percent or sixty five percent of their shots from behind the arc, and they did make a record forty two threes. I'd hope so, Cage, if they're shooting 97 with no defense. And our favorite player, Tyrese Halliburton, went 10 of 14 from behind the arc. I mean, I mean, Cage, Jalen Brown went 6 of 12 from behind the arc. So, I'm uh, just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Can I also just say Halliburton had 15 shots, 11 makes. 14 of those were from 3, of 10 were makes. So he shot one time from inside the arc and made it. Yeah. And Giannis shot three threes in the All-Star game, didn't make one. LeBron also shot three threes, didn't make one. Hey, man. You know, as I mentioned, Cat had 50 points, took f- 35 attempts to get there, shot 13 times from behind the arc, made four. You know, for the quote-unquote greatest shooting big man of all time. What a joke that is. Anyway, yeah, so I mean, like, he dropped a fifty piece on thirty-five attempts. You give me thirty-five attempts, I bet you get thirty. You win twenty-three at thirty-five. I don't know what you're talking about. Four for thirteen behind the arc. Anyway, yeah, anyway. twenty-three at thirty-five is also nothing to with see. no defense. Cage with no defense. He's a big man with no defense. No, he he had don't, some. Don't try me. He, some of his dunk packages were better than Brown, Toppin, and um, Jaime, Jaime Hawkins Jr. combined. I'm not, I'm not arguing, Cage. All I'm saying is I don't care. I don't care. Okay, I don't care. When 100 of the 186 points from the West are inside the paint, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Anyway. So, yeah. I uh, I don't know where else to go with the All-Star game. Because the All-Star game and the All-Star weekend was was garbage. So, without dogging on it any more than we already have, which we're probably going to keep doing that because the All-Star game sucked, Cage and I are going to try to fix it. So, what we've done is we are going to come up with a couple of things or a thing to try to fix it. And I will say right now, I would just scrap it. But I'm forcing myself to fix it. Spencer, you don't. I don't get a chance to just say, you know what? Just tear it down and don't build it back again. Just leave it flat. Make it a parking lot, you know? I'm not going to do that. 
I'm actually going to try to make it a more watchable, interesting, fascinating product. That's the rule we're going to go with. So, Cajun, how would you fix the All-Star game? How would you fix the weekend? How would you make it more interesting and fun to watch? Well, first what of all, would you bring, do? Back, bring, back, bring back Elam ending. Bring back Elam ending because at least it got people getting competitive with playing defense. Oh, you you mean like when they put like a final score? Yeah. I kind I actually I kind of like that too. So I I will agree with you. I, that was, I don't that was know why cool. they thought bringing bringing it back to the traditional, bringing it back to the traditional All Star format would work with this, with with the players that are playing right now. Because come on, that was never good. Like. You, it only works if the players take the All Star game seriously, and they actually defend. These players don't. There's got to be incentives, financial incentives, first of all, and also do what the MLB does. Whoever wins a game hosts the NBA Finals. Like if you're gonna keep the All Star game, at least have some incentive. At least make these players have some incentive to play for home court advantage. And yes, there's going to be some guys that are not playoff contenders that might think and might think indifferently of, of it. But like the guys who are trying to compete for a title, like gives them more incentive to compete. So whoever wins the All Star game. It's home court advantage. Like the quarter thing, the quarter winning quarters going to charity. Um, Elam ending. I don't know why they scrapped that because that was actually not a bad idea. And then home court advantage. Home court advantage for the NBA finals. Is that a case? Is that what you come up with? Mm-hmm. That's how you try to fix it. So I've come up with some dastardly ideas, Cage. So as is how I would fix the All-Star game. There's two different ideas, two different ways you could go with it. So if you wanted to keep it as the more traditional East versus West, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Take You don't take the best players in the world. Now, why don't you take the best players in the world, Cage? Well, because they're all making $40 million a year, and they don't need to play in this stupid game. Okay, understood. Got it. You take one bench player from every team in the NBA. So 15 guys on one team, 15 guys on the other. You name a captain who is an all-star. So say Jokic versus Embiid, for example. Embiid's team, the East, Jokic's team, the West. They draft the best bench players from each team, one from each team, okay? You then make the winner, the winning team, win $5 million. Or win a pot of $25 million that's split in between each guy. So then the teams actually play. And then you get to shine a light on guys who don't get that lot, that lot of shine because they're not starters. Like Peyton Pitchard for the Celtics. Like um, Oscar Thompson right now for Detroit. Like, you know, the, the litany of other great bench players. Isaiah Quick or Emmanuel Quickly were the Knicks previously. No, right. You know, Bones Highland previously or Bruce Brown previously for the Nuggets. Right? 
I think I think it could be really interesting. And then the other idea to try to fix the game, the all-star game, is you scrap it, the 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 East first West garbage, you change it to division. There's three divisions per conference. There's five teams in each division. You change it to a divisional format. So each division gets their own team. Okay? Mm-hmm. You make it a three-on-three game. You send, you know, two guys from each team. That's ten players. You play a three-on-three tournament and make it like five minutes or eight minutes or whatever. So every game can be played in one day. And you have money incentives. You win the first game, the team wins. So if there's 10 guys, the first game, you win a million dollars. The second game, if you win, you you win, God, uh, how much? You win $5 million. Mm-hmm. If you win the third game, you win the championship, you make $10 million. And yeah, I know six teams is an odd number. But then you can just do like, uh, you instead of playing like, how do I explain this? Instead of like having everybody play like just like a round robin, you could literally just do like a skills comp first or something, you know, to eliminate two teams and then you play the games. Or you just make each team play each other once and then just do the top two teams playing the final or top four teams playing a, in a one verse four format. Mm-hmm. But I think th- I honestly, Cage, thinking about it now, I'd prefer the division. I think that could be fun. Like, imagine a, a team, like a, a, an Atlantic East team with the Celtics, the Knicks, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Raptors. Imagine a team with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, Mikhail Bridges. Who else would even go for the Nets? Nick Claxton? No, Cam, maybe Cam Thomas? Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. And then the Raptors would probably send Scotty Barnes, and if you're looking for another big, maybe go Pirtle. If you're looking for another guards forward, maybe Barrett at this point. Mm-hmm. Barrett, Barrett or Trent Jr. I'd say Barrett or quickly. Well, but yeah, I guess you know quickly too. Fair, that's fair. You know, like those teams, you know, could be fun. You know, you've got the Central, which would be you know the Cavs, the Bucks, the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Pistons. So you'd have a team. With, you know, I don't know who the second player would go for Cleveland, but maybe you go D. Garland and uh, Mitchell. Then the Bucks, you take Lillard and Giannis. Then you take maybe Halliburton and maybe Turner. Siakam? Maybe. You know, the Bulls, you take Voos and probably DeFrozen. Wait, sorry, DeRozan or Cody White or Colby White, pardon me. And then from the Pistons, you can take literally anybody. Kate Cunningham and Jay Nivey. You can uh, take Durin. Cunningham and Durin? I mean, probably. Maybe Yanosser could get in a mention, you know, and make it maybe like a fan vote. You know, so because again, if you make it a fan vote, then you can get some joke players. You know, you you could get uh for for say, you know, the Atlantic division. You know, you could get a joke player in, like, you know, the Raptors voting Grady Dick. You know, or the Celtics vote in, you know, Al Horford. Mm. You know, like it, it could get really fun. You know, and if it's a three on three, you know, then then the guys, you know, there's less space, there's more space. You can kind of, you know, have some more fun with it. You know, 
and if you make the game shorter and it, maybe you make it like a you know first to 25 or first to you know a certain number you know then you can kind of control how long the games are but that's how you really fix the game mm-hmm. you just try you just try to incent you have to i think that's the, the key though cage is you between what your and i's ideas is you gotta make an incentive because as we saw with the in-season tournament, unless you put an incentive in in there, there there's just there's going to be no effort. There's going to be no defense. There's going to be no you know attempt to detail or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would I would love to see the three on three, and then if you want to add an event, add something to the weekend to make fans interested. The easiest thing to add. Which I know why they don't add it because of the the ego that would come involved in this is a one on one competition. Is you add a one on one and every team can send a guy or you can just do like there's sixteen guys or whatever however many you want to do. You do a one on one competition first to twenty one, or first if you want to get lower first to sixteen or first to twelve or whatever first to eleven whatever right. You just have a one-on-one comp, and it's ones and twos, of course. And just see, you know, who comes out as the best. Is it Durant? Is it Giannis? You know, is Embiid? Because, honestly, Jokic is not a one-on-one player. Embiid is. Giannis is. You know, LeBron? Lillard, LeBron, AD. You know, Chet and Wemby would be fun to watch. You know, like, that could be a really fun event. And... Again, if you want to incentivize it, you know, I don't think you're, I don't think you need to at that event because it is like a, there is nobody else, you know. So the guys who take it seriously are gonna crush the guys who don't, and then it's just gonna make you look bad, mm-hmm. which is why they wouldn't want to add it because they don't want to make guys look bad or guys don't want to play in something that makes them look bad. But that's why I'd want it because I want guys to take it seriously, mm-hmm. you know. Like I just think I think that'd be fun. And then you can even do like a cage instead of doing like sixteen just players, do like an eight bigs versus you know and like eight eight like eight players and it's eight bigs and then eight guards and do the guards from different teams and the bigs from different teams. So you can get sixteen different teams involved, right? So you know and, and if there's like if there is like a LeBron AD situation, then you take AD because no offense, LeBron's thirty eight. Like in fairness, he's thirty eight. Unless LeBron wants to be in it. You know, and then like the Bucks can choose Giannis or Lillard to play in it. The the Celtics can choose Tatum or Brown to play in it. You know, Scotty Barnes could go and play. You know, Embiid. You know, instead of sending Jokic, the Nuggets can send Jamal Murray or Anthony or Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. See what he could do in the Bigs comp. You know, like Laurie Marketing can play in the Bigs comp. That could be fun. You know, Laurie no. Markin versus Embiid? I want to watch that. Ones and twos? First to 11? I want to see Laurie Markin take on the Joel Embiid. Yep. Yeah, I know it sounds like, oh, Joe Embiid would body him. If it if it's loser's ball, you think Markin is not going to be able to cash in a couple threes on Joel Embiid? Create his own shot? You kidding me? Yep. Like, I want to see it. I want to I want to see it. You know, I want to see I want to see Giannis try to you know get through a guy like Tatum or you know Luca take on a guy like 
you know, I'll say Lillard, but Halliburton or Maxi, you know, because Doncic is a great player. You know, and he's able to create his own shot. But you don't give him that pick and roll guy. He's got to do it by himself. I'm not saying he can't, but I want to see it. I want to see Halliburton take him on. Like, you can have a lot of fun with something like that. You can have a lot of interesting matchups. You know, where does Curry fit into that? Because yeah, Curry's got to be in it, you'd think. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I just think a one-on-one competition could be really fun. I like that idea. And if you do make it incentivized, you know, you make it like a $5 million, like a couple million dollars for the winner. You know? And then it can even be like a charity thing where they're all representing a different charity in their community and the winning guy gets $5 million for a charity or $3 million for a charity or something. So then it's not just the greedy players. It's now like Halliburton's playing for, you know, sick kids of Indiana or the homeless or whatever. Cancer, you know, pick the charity. There's tons of them everywhere. Mm. For all kinds of great causes that deserve attention. You know, so it could, you could really make it a fun event without taking away from the competitiveness of the event, which I think is really the important part is it's going to be interesting because of the way it's formatted. It's got nothing to do with just that the charities are now involved or, or if you just want to give the players the money, you know, that they're not just representing something, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I just think, I think it'd be really fun. And you and I could have like, Everybody could have fun with that. Like you could you could have debate shows just about who beats who and depending on, you know, the brackets, you know, if Embiid's across from, you know, Lori Market and they're on different sides of the bracket, will that affect anything, you know, or or you know, if Jokic does play in it, you know, where does how does Jokic fit into this? You know? How does, you know, Miles Turner, you know, somehow you know, with his defensive acumen, does Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, as a defensive player of the year, can he stop and beat or something? You know, like you could have a lot of fun with matchups. Mm. You know, a lot, a lot of fun with that. So I, you know, I, I just think a one-on-one comp, as much as players wouldn't like it because of, you know, them make looking bad. If they were, you know, a charity and you're representing a charity, and they, you know, they had to take it seriously, and you know, it's just better man wins on the day. I think I think you could have a lot of fun with something like that. Yeah, I'm just having fun talking about it. It doesn't even exi- it will never exist. I'm just having fun talking about it. Mm. Like, uh, you know what, Cage? I'm just thinking about it now. Luka Doncic versus James Harden. Like, who who wins? No, and, and again, we don't we don't take free throws. Just foul gets the ball. Call your own Luka. fouls. You know, Shea Shea Gildas Alexander against Luka Doncic. Who wouldn't want to see the two best, the two top scorers right now in the NBA? D. Mm. Mitch, you know, getting involved. You know, does Rudy Gobert win the bigs because he's so good defensively, but he can't shoot? You know, where does Trey Young fit into that with his shot creating ability? Does De'Aaron Fox get a mention in the uh, guard competition? What about Devin Booker? What about Jalen Brunson? What about Anthony Edwards? What about Tyrese Maxey? What about Lillard, of course, as I already mentioned? Mm-hmm. Paul George, who's a guard. You know, as I mentioned, Curry earlier. You know, and then going over to the bigs, Anthony Davis, Rudy Gobert might get a mention. Cat, of course. 
you know, Sabonis, Adebayo. I think Giannis would count, you know. Um, obviously, Wemby and Chet Holmgren would probably get a mention. Jaron Jackson. Sengun. Here, maybe? Anthony Sengun. Or, yeah, Alperny Alperny Sengun. You know, Laurie Markkinen. You know, Yo- you mentioned uh, Jokic, of course, who would probably want to be in it, you know? Like, you could have so much fun. You know, Miles Turner, Jaron Jackson Jr., as you said. You know, does does um, Zubak get in it for the pay, for uh, the Clippers? You know, of course, my guy is Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Like, you could have so much fun, you know, just figuring out matchups and who takes on who and, you know, being able to seed it and figure out how you want to seed it. Is it based on what team they play for? Is it based off their points per game? Is it based off voting? Like, mm-hmm. you could have so much fun. Like, imagine, Kish, just imagine. We did an eight-big-man tournament, one-on-ones, one-seed Embiid, eight-seed Wembenyama. How much fun would that one-on-one be? Like, you know, Markkinen versus Chet Holmgren. Like, I want to see that. I'd buy tickets to see that. I don't buy tickets to nothing. I'd pay tickets to go see one-on-ones. Like, you could just have so much fun with an idea like that. Mm -hmm. With guys like that. Kevin Durant. I even, like, I mentioned Kevin Durant. He'd be there. He may win the damn thing. You know, and then, and then Cage, you can even do an event where you just have the old vets talking about, you know, if they played in it, who would have won? Magic and Bird and MJ and Barkley and Carl Malone and John Stockton. You know, Kim Elijahwan, Argano, who would win in their day? Shaquille O'Neal. You know, of course, of the, uh, the uh, inside the NBA crew. Mm-hmm. Like you can have, you could take this so many ways, which is why I love it so much, and why I keep rambling, rambling about it because it is just such a fun idea. And honestly, Cage, now thinking about it, you and I may do that. You and I may create, you know, like a, uh, I'll say a one through eight, or a, you know, we'll, we'll come up with some criteria, but we may create like a one-on-one and who would win. You know, a bracket you and I create, you know, for bigs and guards and whatever. You know, and figure out who we think would win a one-on-one. You know, I think that could be fun. And again, it's purely subjective because we're the guys arguing about it. We're never going to see it, so we can't prove anything. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that could be fun. But you know, we'll decide if we think that's fun. That's how we think we can do it and think it's fun. But regardless, so I think we've rambled enough about the All-Star game. That was. In all honesty, garbage, but, you know, has potential. As every All-Star game does have potential. It just usually never yeah. capitalizes on it for lots of reasons, for too many reasons why yep. they don't do some of the things that fans would want to see. And uh, I knew that wouldn't take us long to talk about the All-Star weekend because I didn't watch it. and You really you didn't want to watch it. So, you know, and, and it wasn't a great weekend. I don't think anyone's talking about it as, 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 as a successful event. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going to move off of it and what we think we could change or add or, you know, manipulate. And we're going to talk about something because we talked about our in the last, one of the last episodes. Ironically, we just kind of moved into it. We talked about our, you know, preseason conferences, East and West. 
Yeah. We're not going to talk about something else we did preseason. Our top 10 position rankings. And we haven't updated them. We may do that going into the All-Star break. We're going into the All-Star game, or the, the trade deadline, pardon me. But we're going to tell you where we ranked guys and if we think we overranked or underranked them or if we thought we ranked them properly. Okay, Cage? Yep. So yours is on the left. Mine's on the right for anyone talking about this. So I'll go – I'll say Cajun's first and mine second. Okay. So Cajun ranked Luka Doncic number one. I ranked Luka Doncic number one for point guards. I think that's the right ranking. I don't think you can really argue anybody over Luka Doncic right now. As the leading NBA scorer in points per game at 34 per game. Would you agree? Yep. We both put Steph Curry number two. I think you can argue that right now. But I don't think we're wrong. So I think that's fair. For Steph Curry. I think there's one guy you can argue with. And he's who you put third in yep. Tyrese Halliburton. I put Damian Lillard third. And you, I sh- think and I you probably, were shocked that I ranked him that high. I probably ranked Lillard a little too high. But that's also because... He has not been, as we've talked about last episode, has not been the same player in mm. Milwaukee that he was in Portland. I think Portland Lillard's three. I think um, Milwaukee Lillard's a little bit lower than that. So I would say I overranked Lillard. I think Halliburton's fairly rated, but I wouldn't argue with you if you said you underrated him because he may be the second best guard, second second best point guard on the NBA. Mm. But we'll move off. You put Lillard fourth. I put Darius Garland fourth. I love Darius Garland. I gush over Darius Garland. I overrated Darius Garland. I did. I, I overrated Darius Garland. Not by much, in my opinion, but I definitely did put him a little too high. Do you feel like you, you, you where do you think Lillard fits right now for you? Over, under, or fairly rated? I say maybe a a spot down. So a little overrated. Kind of like me, a little overrated. Yeah, because I underrated somebody else. Well, you put De'Aaron Fox fifth. I put Halliburton fifth. I underrated Tyler Halliburton. I thought I fairly rated him at, at, at you know, s- the start of the season. I thought you overrated him a little bit as much as I love Tyrese Halliburton. We love Tyrese Halliburton. He has played be- out of his mind. So I underrated Halliburton. What do you think about for Fox? I, well... I think I put him a spot down because I'm raising this guy up from six to four. Well, we'll get to that in a second. So you put Jalen Brunson six, so you're saying you'd move up. I, I put De'Aaron up. Fox six, and I'm happy with that De'Aaron Fox pick. I think I think six is perfect right now for De'Aaron Fox. I'd put I'd put Brunson fourth, loaded fifth, and then Fox sixth. Honestly, I probably would do the same. I'd probably move Halliburton up and Fox up. I put Jalen Brunson seventh. You put Trey Young seventh. I probably underrated Jalen Brunson. I wouldn't move him. Like I, I wouldn't like. I'd have to redo it in my brain how I where I put teams, but I definitely feel like I underrated Brunson a little bit. What do you think about Trey Young? He's good where he is right now. You you like him at six? Is that seventh? Pardon me, seventh. Mm-hmm. 
You put Darius Garland eighth. I put Jamal Murray eighth. And I don't think I'd move him. I'm kind of happy with Jamal Murray being eighth, the eighth best point guard in the NBA. Still. I, I'm okay. I move Murray up from 10 to 8. So you move Garland down? To 9. So you, you feel like you overrate Darius Garland. That's fair. Just a little bit. So, <laughs> now, ironically, Cage, both our 9 spots are garbage, but for very different reasons. LaMelo Ball is your ninth place yep. guard. John Morant is my ninth place guard. And injuries have... Injuries much... and suspension have ruined both those picks. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm would... not sure LaMelo, where he fits right now in the point guard conversation. I think John's still a top 10 point guard, but you can't this season because he hasn't played. He's played, like again, like six or eight games this year, and that's what he'll play this year because of the shoulder injury. So... I think a healthy LaMelo is a top 10 point guard, but healthy. Yeah, exactly. Which which is which he hasn't been. Which he hasn't been. Mm. So we probably both move those guys off of the list. And I don't know who we'd move into the list, Cage, for him, but I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. We'd have to move somebody in and you know, I I'm not gonna say he moves in yet, Cage, but you know, Keontae George had a thirty three point night in the last game before the All Star break. That I heard. So, uh, you, know, you know, where does he eventually fit himself into this conversation? Okay, Cunningham. Does Kate Cunningham find a way into the top 10 right now, even though he plays for the garbage Detroit Pistons? Does Emmanuel quickly make his way up? There is somebody else that I had in mind, Fred Van Vliet. I mean, maybe, but I just think his percentages are so garbage. He's such a bad shooter. Like, he is he, such a bad shooter, but he's a great forward general. Actually, Cage, I'm just going to check something. Okay, we we did. All right, okay. I would move Maxi up because I put Maxi 10. You put Jamal Murray 10. You mentioned you move him up. I would move Maxi up. You made him a shooting guard. I made him a point guard. He's playing point guard this year. Yeah, I'm going to stick to him being a shooting guard, though. Because... We'll fix that. We'll fix that for next year. Obviously, yeah. we're, we won't move guys around now. But we'll fix that for next year. Kind of like how you made Jaron Jackson Jr. a, c- a center. But in I fairness, made him a power beginning of the season, Harden was still on the team, so I. Well, exactly. I did the same thing though with with um, Jaron Jackson Jr. You made him a center. I made him a power forward because Stephen Adams was still on the team, and now Stephen Adams is hurt and traded. So, you know, now he's a center. Now he's a center. You know what? You know what? I already found number ten, James Harden. I mean, I'd argue Bradley Beal should be there, too. Or or, or Devin Booker, depending on who you call the point guard in Phoenix. And neither of them have been as healthy as Harden. Uh, I guess I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Mm, I still don't know if Harden makes my top 10. I really have to find that next top 10, that number 10 guard. But maybe it would be Cunningham for me, because I do really love Kate Cunningham. Or is it Trey Young? Honestly, I didn't put Trey Young in my list. So maybe Trey Young moves in and I bump Jaw down because of injury. But, you know, I, I, I'm I kind of happy with my point guards, to be honest. Obviously, you move a couple guys around, you know. But I don't think we had, other than maybe for me, Darius Garland, I probably overrated a little bit too high. But I think for me, I'm pretty happy with my list. Yeah. I, know, like, I don't think I really had a miss or a big hit. You know what I mean? Like, Halliburton, for you, I think it's a big hit. 
I think right. Fox for me is a pretty big hit. You know, obviously they're the top yeah, guys. Hal Bernard, are the top Hal guys. Bernard, you said I ranked highly, but I'm. Well, you did at the time, and now you, he's proven it, right? He he's moved he's moved up the rankings, and I think he now perfectly personifies third place in a really good you race. Could, you could argue you could, you could argue he's second. You could argue he's above above Curry, but you know I think Curry does still get the nod because of mm-hmm. get the nod because of you know his acclimate. Mm-hmm. Now moving to shooting guards. We both rated Shea Gilgis Alexander's number two, number one. That's I think we're both happy with that. Mm-hmm. You made Devin Booker the second best shooting guard. I made Jalen Brown the second best shooting guard. I made Devin Booker the third best shooting guard. You made Jalen Brown the best shooting guard. I'm happy with my rankings. I'm happy with mine. And yeah, you can call me a biased Celtics fan. I don't care. Do not care. I'm still happy with Jalen Brown being number one on the best team in the NBA. So I'm happy. And I already see moving rankings around because at number four, you had Donovan Mitchell. At number four, I had Kyrie Irving at number four. Because obviously he's now playing for the <laughs> number beside the number one point guard in the NBA in uh, Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, looking at your <laughs> quick edits here on the dock, you would move Brown down exponentially and move some guys up below him, including Donovan Mitchell, up to three. So, obviously, you feel like you overrated Jalen Brown a little bit this year, Cage? I, I think it's just more so, like, Brown's had a subpar year by his standards, and Mitchell's been great. And Mitchell's so been on a great pace right now. And so has Ant. You put Anthony Edwards sixth. I put Anthony Edwards sixth. I think you, you and I can both agree a little better than sixth right now in the NBA yeah, is Anthony I put, Edwards. I, I moved him now to fourth. And I got to be honest. I think I'm moving Kyrie down exponentially. Well, actually, stats are really good. It's just injuries have really plagued Kyrie, and that might just drop him because of it. Mm. Um. So, actually, again. Actually. Well, again, I'll, I'll let Cage mess with his sheet as, as I continue through. So we both put Shea one. We I put Brown, Jalen Brown two, and Booker three. He put Booker two, Brown three. He put Donovan Mitchell four. I put Kyrie four. He put Kyrie fifth. I put Donovan Mitchell fifth. I'd probably move Mitchell up. Anthony Edwards was sixth for both of us. He put DeJounte Murray at seven. I put Bradley Beal at seven, which I'm still happy with. I know they're they one of them plays point guard, Booker or Beal. They're both natural shooting guards. I'm still happy with where Beal's placed. Yeah, injuries have really derailed them, but as right now the third option, Phoenix, he's a really good third option mm-hmm. for a team with a lot of upside. You put yep. Paul George eighth on the best shooting guards in the NBA. I put DeJounte Murray. You put Tyrese Maxey at nine of the best yeah, shooting guards in the NBA. I put I, James Harden at nine, which you could argue is he, he maybe could move up. I would keep him in that kind of echelon, though, around Beal and DeJounte. Obviously, you'd move Maxey up, Cage. Yeah, i move him up to fifth. Brown up we, sixth. And then we both, ironically, put Desmond Bain at tenth, who I think was a hit for both of us. 
I would say it would have been a hit had he not been gotten hurt. Well, yeah, but we I can't predict injury. But before his injury, KG was the best player on the Memphis Grizzlies. And now they suck. And now they're without John Morant. But when John Morant comes back, he's got a darn yeah. good team around him. But I will mention, though, KG, you quickly re-rank. So you've moved a lot of guys around in that shooting guard rankings. Nobody falls out, but you moved everybody around. Just yep. about. So, I now have Donovan Mitchell third, Anthony Edwards fourth, Tyrese Maxey fifth, Jalen Brown sixth, Kyrie Irving seventh, Paul George stays at eight, Murray drops to nine, and Baines at tenth. Gotta be honest here, Cage. I think you're disrespecting my boy Jalen Brown putting him below Tyrese Maxey, but that's just me. That's just me. Especially because Maxey is a point guard. But anyway, you know, we won't argue. We, well, won't, argue. Gonna... we won't argue. We won't argue. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. You've opened up that can of worms. It's okay. It's okay, kid. No, you, know, you, no. you can be wrong. You can, it's okay. You can be wrong. You know, it's all right. You can be wrong. We, we can move on now. Except I'm not Except I'm not wrong. In uh... the sense that Mitchell, Edwards, and Maxey have had better seasons than Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown's this year has not been as good as previous years. No, it's okay. It seems best in the NBA. So you know what? It's fine. You know what? You can take We're talking individual together. stats right you, now, you, right? You can, take, you, can, you, you can take your you can take your you can take your wins when you get them. Okay, it's fine. It's team fine. rankings team rankings don't matter in this sort of rankings. Well, you know, I think he'll take it. I think he'll individual take it. Individual ma- rankings matter. And right now, and this season, Mitchell, Edwards, and Maxi have had better seasons than Jalen Brown. I wouldn't argue Mitchell. I wouldn't even really argue Ant. Maxi. Maxi, I would. But anyway. So moving on to small forwards. You, you, you don't think Maxi's had a better season than Jalen Brown? Maxi's a way. point guard, though. So, you know, I still argue with you over that one. I think he is a point guard, but I can't just change that right now. I'm, I'm not saying you can. I'm just saying you're wrong. So the val- the, the vote's invalid anyway. So you know what? It's fine. He wasn't, a, it's fine. he wasn't a point guard at the time. It's okay, Cage. You know, it's okay to be wrong. Splash, splash, your opinion is trash. We're going to move on to the small forwards. So on to the small forwards. You having Jalen Brown at two is questionable, but okay. Well, it's it's all right, Case. It's all right. It's all right. Shh, it's all right. It's all right. That Khaled looking like two, two of the small forwards. Finally, Jason Tatum is the number one sp- small forward on both our lists, and I am overjoyed to stay. That is staying the same. I don't care what you say. I don't care what number you put beside him. He's still the best small forward in the NBA right now. You're gonna be so pissed off when I put this. Yep. I kid. I kid. By the way. Yeah, of course. You're you're, you're gonna move. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, so you put LeBron James at number two. I put Kevin Durant at number two. You put KD at three. I put LeBron at, f- at three. I'm happy with my rankings. I think you should flip flop KD and James, especially with how good KD's been. Yeah, but LeBron hasn't been bad either. I never argued that KD right now is fifth in league scoring. Hey, LeBron's sixteenth. You know, and LeBron's been dealing, you know, and uh, yeah, you can argue LeBron's a better passer, but we're talking know. this season, right? Yeah. Hold up. I mean, KD's percentages, he's shooting four, uh, 54% from the field. 44% from three is Kevin Durant. The guy has been disgusting. Hold up. And I, I see you, I see you, you know, mixing up your sheets over there. I'm just... You know, going to keep it going. Jimmy Butler, you and I both put Jimmy Buckets at number four. I think I overrated him personally. I think Jimmy, Jimmy Butler sucks. So I'll probably move him down, but, you know, we both put Butler at four. 
You put Mikhail Bridges at fifth. I put Kawhi Leonard at fifth, which I think was a great pick. I think Leonard's, Leonard's been great and been healthy, which has been a big problem for him. Big I, problem for him. I had Leonard at six. I'm moving him up exponentially. Yeah, you, you've often listed at two from six. So you've moved him up, as you said, rather high, rather quickly. He's been I healthy. Put, I put Brandon Ingram at sixth while you put Kawhi a spot below me. I put him fifth, you put him sixth. And I got to be honest, Cage, I'm kind of happy with my uh, Ingram pick because I think Ingram is, is a really good player, and the Pelicans have been a pretty a pretty darn good team. And he is a, contribu- a big contributing factor to that for the Pelicans. So mm-hmm. I'm happy with my, my uh, uh, evaluation of Ingram. I put Franz Wagner at seven. You put DeMar De- DeRozan at seven. I'm happy with my Wagner pick. Big fan of Franz and the uh, Orlando Magic. Yeah, they've been struggling as of late, but Franz Wagner is still a really good ball player and continues to be for the, you know, middling Orlando Magic, the in-season finalists. Mm-hmm. You put Brandon Ingram eighth. I put Michael Porter Jr. eighth, which, as much as I love MPJ, may be a little bit high for the role he plays for the Denver Nuggets. But, you know, I'm a fan of Porter Jr. The guy I'd probably put above him is, ironically, in your ninth hole and my ninth hole, Scotty Barnes, who's been so good this year for the Raptors. I'd have him on the list. Scotty Barnes did not make my top 10 list, which was probably an oversight by me. Yeah. Scotty Barnes is in the top 10. I know you ain't a Raptors fan. Far from it, but come on. That, yeah, that... He he would move in. He would move in. I will admit he, he would move in. But anyway, so you put Barnes at 9. I put Mikhail Bridges at 9. I'd probably move Bridges up too because he's been so good this year. And then you put Franz Wagner 10, I'm which I think up. maybe a little lower. For I'm Franz. changing that. I'm changing that right now. And then I put Keldon Johnson at 10. And honestly, I'm not mad with that. Yeah, nope. Keldon's not been starting a lot for San Antonio, which does surprise me, but he's still a really good ball player. And he may be the second best player right now in, in San Antonio, right beside Devin Vassell, of course, behind Victor Ramanyama. Mm hmm. So, Kid and Cage, I'm not re-ranking them yet because obviously I'd have to figure out probably Johnson falls out and I move Barnes somewhere in, but um, and Porter might even fall out and then, you know, what I would do with that. But how – your rankings have moved around a lot. So who who's moving where and why? All right, Tatum's one. Kawhi Leonard is two. Moving up from sixth. Because he's played at an MVP caliber level and he's been healthy. A healthy Kawhi Leonard is a top three small forward. Or in that discussion. I have KD third, LeBron fourth, Ingram at fifth, Scotty Barnes at sixth, Jimmy Butler at seventh, Franz Wagner eight, Mikhail Bridges nine, DeRozan tenth. I think DeRozan should fall out, but that's just me. But for who? I honestly... I, I I know I'm really biased to Keldon Johnson, and I know their seasons aren't comparable because the teams they play on and the roles they play, but, you know, I, I do love me some uh, some Johnson. But anyway, we'll move on to uh, the power forwards. 
which is where mm-hmm. Cajun got polarizing. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Anthony Davis were our number one and number two. Giannis in the one, Anthony Davis two. I think those are both very good picks by us. Yep. Like they're they're the obvious ones and they're where they're supposed to be. Yep. You put Pascal Siakam at number three. I put Laurie Markinen at number three. I think Siakam's a little high on your list and my list. Laurie Markinen, though, not that mad about being three right now. And yeah, he plays for Utah. And yeah, they suck. But Laurie Markinen's averaging 23 a night right now, shooting 40% from the three point line. Like, he, he's playing really well. Are we gonna go? Are we gonna go to four? And at four, as Cajun is trying to usher me, Cajun put Victor Wembanyama. I put Pascal Siakam. As I said, I overranked him, and you know, I know Cajun's been gushing ever since he put Wembanyama forth that how right he was, and that he planted the flag before the season even started, and rah 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 garbage. But anyway, Laurie Markkinen was Cajun's fifth. Julius Randle was my fifth. I didn't even rank Julius Randle because I don't like him, but... I mean, I, he's averaging 24 a night, nine rebounds and five assists, Cage. I, I mean, he's a top I, 10 power forward. I was... I, I didn't... I, you didn't let me finish. I That was an oversight on my end. That was, that was an oversight on your end. You're right. We both put Evan Mobley at six. I guess Mobley. Mm-hmm. But... And I honestly... Cage, I'm really looking at the stat sheet for for uh, the Cavs power forward. I think it's a pretty good ranking. You know, on a really hot Cavs team, and he's dealt with injury this year. I'm, you know, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. You know, him being sixth. Are you happy with the ranking of him? Yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm actually going to move Wemby up to three. Uh, of course you are. Anyway. So you put Carl Anthony Towns seven. I put Jaron Jackson Jr. seven. Another player we argued about position. Cajun put him center. I put him power forward. Well, He's now playing Gobert, center because of. Go ahead. Because Gobert. Oh, we messed up. How we mess up? Gobert center. What do you mean? Where like he should be in the rankings? We. We'll get to that in a bit. Well, no. Gordy Gobert sucks. No, I disagree. I know what you're going to say. Don't care. Anyway, so Carlisle Towns is seven. Uh, he's probably 10. But anyway, Carlisle Towns, you put at seven for the power board. I put Jaron Jackson. I, I put Jaron Jackson Jr. at seven. You and I argued about position. You put Jaron Jackson Jr. at center. I put him at power forward. He's my seventh power forward. I'm happy with him being my seventh power forward. We both, and we ironically had seven, eight, nine, and ten for us were the exact same. We both put Boncaro at eight. We both put Aaron Gordon at nine. We both put Zion Williamson at ten. And I gotta be honest, Cage, of those three players, all of which are good players, and like we ranked them the same, the Zion Williamson shout was probably the best one because health is his biggest problem. He's averaging 22 a night, almost shooting 60% from the floor. Hmm. Like, he is exactly what was advertised. And I'm still a big fan of Boncaro. And, you know, Aaron Gordon is not my favorite player in the NBA, but he knows his role and he's damn good at it. Mm-hmm. 
So I'll be honest. I'm kind of happy with my power forward rankings. Yeah, I'd probably move oh, Siakam down and and probably find a way to. Um, I wouldn't put Cat in still because Cat sucks anyway. Uh, I don't know. I'd probably move somebody in. I'm just trying to think of who I would probably move in because no one I don't think falls out. I'm just trying to think of other guys that would be like on the fringes to move Aaron Gordon out. Cajun, you just wrote a new name now, so go ahead with your re-rankings of your power forwards. Julius Randle, I gotta put him in there, but I don't. Oh, you're dropping Gordon for him? Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, gotta put him somewhere. As much as I don't like Julius Randle. Because of Brunson, but hey. I will put Towns eight, Zion nine, Paolo tenth. Yeah. So Cat moves down. Well, again, Cat's not in my rankings, and he will stay out of my rankings because Cat sucks. Anyway, we'll now move to the centers, mm-hmm. where again we agreed on the top three: Jokic one. Joel Embiid two, Demontis Sabonis three, and I think maybe Sabonis you could argue, but those are you know those are the best centers in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Demontis still leads the way for rebounding, might I add, in the NBA right now. He's almost a full rebound ahead of the guy you just mentioned, Rudy Gobert. <coughs> so. uh and he also averages eight assists a game. So, again, like, just so good. So good. Yep. Anyway, so you had Jaron Jackson Jr. at four in centers. I had Chris Topps Porzingis at four. And, again, Cage, I am very happy with my Chris Topps Porzingis pick. It, uh, it, it was I'm early. In, I'm in agreement with you. I'm moving him up to fourth. You put him at sixth, skipping Bam Adebayo, who you put fifth. I put Miles Turner fifth. Which may be a little high. Mm-hmm. Going for my basically perfect ranking of Chris Topps Porzingis, who's fantastic, but I had fantastic this year, to Miles Turner, who I definitely can say that I uh, overrated a little bit. Is he top 10? I would say he's still top 10. Like, he's averaging 17 a game. You know, his rebounding's gone down, but his shot blocking's still there. Like, you know. Um, a player that I really overrated was DeAndre Ayton. I put DeAndre Ayton sixth, where you put Kristaps preseason. Ayton's probably maybe off the list. I'm not really sure. I'd have to figure out, you know, where I ended up putting him. At seven, you had Miles Turner. That's honestly probably good for, for Miles, is seven. Um, you had I had Bam at seven which I honestly think may be a little low for Bam Adebayo, who I am a fan of, by the way. I don't like Miami, as we all know, but I, I do like Bam Adebayo. He has no three-point shot, though. He's shooting He's shooting uh, 9% from the three-point line, so no three-point shot. He the All-Star game and looked pretty good shooting it. Well, he, he's shooting 0.9%. He's, he's shooting 9% from three. So uh, I'm not arguing, Cage. I'm just saying. Just saying, mm-hmm. but 
At eight, you had DeAndre Ayton. I had Brooke Lopez at eight, which was probably an overration by me. But definitely mm-hmm. talk about a guy who fits into his role in Brooke Lopez. Yep. You had, and I love this guy, but you definitely overrated him, and you've already yep. kind of rectified that in your re-rankings. Walker Kessler was number nine for Cajun. Love Walker Kessler myself, but he has basically not really played for Utah this year, which, again, is one of the many problems happening in Utah with all the young guys they've got and, you know, the mishmash with, like, John Collins and Jordan Clarkson. And I love Colin Sexton and Keontae George and, you know, Kendrick Kendrick Dunn. Kristen Dunn? Oh, Chris Dunn, pardon me. I was thinking of Kendrick Nunn. But, yeah, Chris Dunn and, you know, Horton Tucker and, and just a ton of players right now in uh, in Utah getting minutes and getting games played. Mm. So my, my body keeps on a shutdown on me. So Kessler was overrated by you. I don't think that's on your on your fault. I think it's Utah's fault, but but still he he's definitely not in the ninth best center in the NBA. I put Jonas Valanciunas at uh at number nine, and I'm honestly not even mad about that one for for Jonas. I think, but the next one we definitely underrated this dude. Well, ironically, but probably fairly rated him at the start of the year, and now he's been underrated. Alfred, uh, Alfred, uh, Sangoon, pardon me. Alperin Sangoon. Yeah, Alperin Sangoon definitely is not the tenth best center in the NBA. Where where you and I both put him. Yeah, I put him at fifth now. So go with your re rankings, Carrie. Where did you rank the guys in your re rankings? Well, Jokic and Beaton and Sabonis are one, two, and three in order. I have Porzingis at four. Moving up to where I ranked him preseason. Yeah, from 6 to 4. I have Shingun from 10th to now 5th. Which, honestly, I don't think you can really argue with how good he's been for the Rockets. He's been called uh, Jokic Light, even by baby you. Baby Jokic. He's been called Baby Jokic. And then you put... Uh, Rudy Gobert at 6th. That's a joke. Anyway, continue. I mean... Him anchoring anchoring the best defense in the NBA right now got to mean something. That, to me, means something. Defense is is an important part of basketball, and it wins championships at the end of the day. And Minnesota's defense wouldn't be the defense that it is right now without Rudy Gobert, so I got to take that into account. Well, you take it into account, and you count that, Somewhere else. But anyway, continue. I have Bam Adebayo 7th. Jaron Jackson Jr. 8th. Miles Turner 9th. And DeAndre Ayton 10th. I don't really think there's anybody we're missing there, to be completely honest. I'd probably move Brooke Lopez out of my rankings, of course, and probably move in... Gobert? No. No, Gobert doesn't get in. No, he's a top center. And like him or not, he's a top ten center. Well, if I'm not moving Cat in, I'm not moving Gobert in. Mm-mm. So yeah, no. you know what? You know what? You know what? You're not gonna hate this one. 
Jared Allen with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He'd probably move in instead of Brooke Lopez. Damn. Damn. You know? The you know, the, the Rudy Gobert better version, you know, in the Eastern Conference. I got a decision to make here. Ooh. Did I just bring a new name for you? Did you just remember Jared Allen exists? Honestly, you just remember Jared Allen, too. I didn't just remember anything. I was just saying maybe he moves into the list with how good his team has played and his play. Mm. You're going to ninth. Miles Turner, you're going to tenth. And because you've been so inconsistent, bye-bye, DeAndre Ayton. Hello, Jared Allen at eighth. Jared Allen and Rudy Gobert debut at 6-8 and eight on Cajun and Thibaut with Andy Kasselum's center rankings. I mean, center's probably the position we've had the most movement on, which doesn't really surprise me because of the litany of centers that, like, you know, kind of make their way in. Wembenyama will be on that list next year because he is a center. He sadly doesn't play like a, like a small forward role. He does play center. Yeah. That's so would also that probably so find a way that he's into not the... even ranked top 10 on your thing, huh? That's so disrespectful that he's not even ranked top 10 on your thing. Ooh. Oh, wait, wait a second. Did, did Chet Holmgren make an in cage by the way? I just mentioned Chet Holmgren. I was about to say that, but is he a power forward or a center? He's a center, he's a center. This gets and tough. then Hold another up. center oh. cage and another center cage that probably should get mentioned is Zubak. Not He's missed a lot of time age, with a calf injury. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. Maybe another center that could, you could argue should be on the list. What the hell do I drop? Cajun going through the conundrum that is ranking guys in the top 10. It's hard to find spots in the top 10. Miles Turner, you're gone. Chad Holmgren makes it in. Holmgren's See, got him. that's what I do, Cage. I drop Brooke Lopez. And I honestly, Cage, I wouldn't move anybody in my center list. I'd just drop Brooke Lopez and put in Chet Holmgren. I wouldn't be bad about that. Obviously, I'll re-rank my guys later. I won't do it right now because I just think, you know, there's a lot of names. You got through the stat sheet, you know. I want to kind of put some thought into it. But, right. you know. So, Jokic and Beats, Sabonis, Porzingis, Shingun. Holmgren's now sixth. Wow. Holmgren has really jumped up. I don't, I don't know how he slipped my mind. Adebayo, seventh. Rudy Gobert, eighth now. Jared Allen, Jared Allen ninth. And Jaron Jackson, Jr., tenth. What an eight, nine, tenth. Like, what? Gobert, Allen, and Jaron Jackson, Jr. Talk about no offense, all defense. My God. My God. I mean, Jaren I'm Jaren. not arguing, Cage. Cage, I'm not arguing about, about the rank. I'm just saying, what a what a trio. What a trio. Yep. And I got to so, be so, honest, Cage. Go ahead. To sum things up, not much movement in terms of our point guards. Basically not, to be honest. 
Which but, honestly uh, doesn't really surprise me. Like, yeah, you know, you move a guy up or down a spot because of hot starts and stuff, like Donovan Mitchell and Braylon Brunson, for example. Which I know you have Mitchell in shooting guards, but regardless, right? Like, you know, that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, but like the big movement, the big movement was at the center spot. Yeah. Which, again, I think is because of Sangoon being so good in Houston. Yep. And Chet Holmgren being so good in, in OKC. Because I love Chet Holmgren. I had him, you know, as a great player coming out of Gonzaga. And he's been better than advertised, I'd say, in his rookie season. He has. You know, and Kristaps has played great for Boston this year. You know, people really didn't know what he would be for the Celtics. And he's been really good. Like, really good. So, you know, it it definitely... You know, it's been a, a, you know, for for our rankings. I mean, still, and honestly, one more name I'm going to throw it at you for centers. But I don't think makes it in. Nikola Vucevic. Does he find a way into the top 10 centers in the NBA right now? Averaging 17 a night. No. He's kind of been held, like, he's missed some time. And the Bulls haven't been very good. He's on the bubble, though. And one guy we haven't mentioned that I'm just going to throw out there. Does Kyle Kuzma find a way into the small forwards list? Because that's where, again, where I, I don't want to re-rank guys and just say, like, oh, of the 10 I ranked, this is where I put them now. Because I do want to kind of go back and say, well, you know, Kyle Kuzma's been great this year. So maybe Kelton Johnson <laughs> falls out, Michael Porter Jr. falls out, and... Kuzma jumps in, and another guy jumps in, and, you know, you kind of revigorate that way. So we might do that next episode where we, we re-update our list and just tell you who we picked and why we put them there. My mm-hmm. Hall will start off the next episode when we come back from the first set of games at the All-Star break. Yep. But, I, again, we'll say, Cage, all in all, we didn't, like, criminally underrank anybody. No, you know, like I don't maybe feel like cent- you maybe and I. Centers, but I wouldn't even say that though, because like no one knew Sangoon was going to be a. You and I were, you and I thought we were trailblazers putting him at ten, right? Like we, no one knew Sangoon was going to be this good. You know, Porzingis. I gotta say, yeah. there's two picks I'm really happy with. Okay, so who? There you go. So who were your best picks? Do you think? Wemby. What a surprise. And Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I can argue with that. Because I saw I saw how good he was, like, drafting him in fantasy and trading for him in fantasy. He was just never healthy throughout an entire season. Now he is, and look how and, – and his ranking in the point guard position speaks for itself. See, for me, I think my Laurie Markkinen pick third of my power forwards, I think that was a great pick by me. I'm really happy with my Laurie Markkinen shout. And then I got to be honest, Chris Stops, you know, putting him at four right behind Sabonis, right behind what, jo- uh, Joel and uh, Nicola. I-, I think Chris Stops is right there. You know, I think mm-hmm. you could argue Chris Stops has been better than DeMontis this year. That's no offense to Sabonis. I think it's just been Porzingis has been so good. I would not go that far. 
but you know, I, I, I those are probably my two best, and then my two worst. To be honest, um, Kessler, maybe, Kessler for me. Uh, my two worst. Well, probably Keldon Johnson and/or Michael Porter Jr. I, I definitely will rank those two guys, even though I do like the player. I probably overranked him. Um, I think Walker Kessler for me was a miss. Aaron Gordon maybe for me, but you and I both had Aaron Gordon in, so I don't feel as bad for that one. And then Brooke Lopez I think was the big reach for me. It was Brooke Lopez. But other than those, you know, couple, I feel pretty good about mine. And then obviously you, Walker Kessler, as you said, kind of overrated. But again, I don't, I don't blame you. I love Walker Kessler. Um, I think he's a great player. I think he gets the minutes, kind of like Osser Thompson. You and I feel about Osser. Um, I guess by default, I'll say LaMelo Ball, but that's injuries. I, same thing with me with John Morant. Like, yeah, I overrated him technically, but that's not because of talents, because of injury and suspension. Yeah. You know? Um, my Our biggest, like, miss or, like, oversight? Well, I think you could argue Chet Holmgren, but I didn't rank rookies, so I won't take the the, the blame for that. Yeah, Holmgren, I missed out. Well, but you all, I think you not ranking Julius Randle also was a big miss for you. Yeah, that that might be the biggest one. Like that, it, that and Kessler, I think, are the big misses for you. Yeah, because in fairness, with Holmgren, this man was also coming off a list rank injury. Yep, a foot injury. Yep. Yep. So. You didn't know how good he was going to be coming in. No, you no, you didn't. No, and like you he, didn't. Was, he was going to be good. This good? How good? Yeah, but how good was he going to be? One of the, the one of the best players on one of the best teams in the NBA? No, no one thought that. No, no, no. Not even not even his biggest fan here in Canada. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, this guy, like Gonzaga Bulldog, the Mark Q fan. Oh boy. The guy who watched him play with uh, Jay Sugg and uh, Andrew Nemhart and uh, Julian Strother. Yeah, that this guy, this guy right here. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, nah, I think that's it, kid. I think I think we'll do a little bit of a rejiggering and some re-rankings. You already kind of did yours. I'll mm-hmm. do mine, and then for Thursday, we'll start off with where we where we would rank guys right now in the NBA season. And we'll keep, obviously, this, like, we'll keep the original, and we'll rever- revise it now, and then when the season ends, going into the playoffs, we'll probably talk about it again and just say, you know, we ranked him here preseason, we moved him here at, you know, All-Star break, All-Star weekend, this is yep. where they finished for us. You know, we'll have a finished rankings going into the playoffs, where the guys finished, you know, maybe who we crowned the MVP. You know, maybe we could do something like that. And, and MVP per position. Yep. You know, so... I, I think that's good. Kate, do you want to mention anything else? Because I think I have one other thing I want to mention before we go. Mm, no, I'm good. What's yours? Well, without mentioning anything else in the college ranks, because a couple other things have happened with big team, with some big ranked wins on both the men's and women's sides, and uh, some, uh, how do I explain? Some uh, complaining going on at the college level with some with a Hall of Fame coach. The one, The one thing I want to mention is Baylor. The Baylor Bears down in Waco retire Brittany Griner's number 42. 
Yep. Before their game on uh, Sunday, February 19th. So, uh, big shout-out down there to the uh, Baylor Bears down in Waco. And good for Brittany Griner, who may have been one of the greatest female players ever, but definitely one of the greatest college female players ever. She played fantastic for those Bears and is in the all-time, as Caitlin Clark just broke Kelsey Plum's all-time scoring record, Brittany Griner's on the list of, like, number number five or number four for all-time points in the mm-hmm. NCAA women's career. So, you know, not only has she been a great pro, she's also was a fantastic college player. Yep. So, well, well, well earned during the retirement there from Miss Griner. For sure. Big ups to Griner. Big ups to Griner. But uh, with that... I think I'll do it for us. So for Cajun Theru, Sandy Castle, most friends of buyers, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Polar Opposites here on the Outrage Inc.